welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Say it out loud, I'm loved, I'm forgiven, I'm valuable. Say it out loud, say I'm loved, forgiven, and I'm valuable. And say it this way, somebody's son has found me. Are you feeling me? So, those of you saying that somebody's son will find you someday. Tell someone you've been found. Look to your neighbor and say, I've been found. He found me 2,000 years ago. I'm not missing. No one is looking for me. Someone's son has found me. He died for me. Glory to God. He died for me. Hallelujah. I've been found. I'm not missing. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm excited about uh, this season, the message of the cross, because it's a, it brings up a lot of memories for me, personal memories, personal struggles, a lot of personal things. And I'm just trusting God that I'll be able to speak without any emotions and just pour out what it's in the mind of God creation is the beginning of things it's where all things started it's where the foundation of life began it's a fresh start a new beginning new opportunities so anytime we talk about creation we're talking about new things how things started, how things began, you know, and all that. Putting things in proper perspective. The Bible says in Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God set some things in place. In the beginning, God set out to design a plan, a future in the beginning. And the Bible says that the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and all that. And God began to speak on how he wants things to form, how he wants things to be created. Glory to God. That beginning the Bible says that when God looked back, he said, everything is good. The things he has created, they're good. The, um, the man he created is good. The ocean is good. The sea is good. The animals are good. Everything he created, the Garden of Eden was good. And everything was very good in the eyes of God. But something happened along the line that 
appeared that everything became somewhat bad and uh, the lifespan of man began to reduce from what we know it up until now and since that period it's been declining and declining i mentioned to us here the other day that the the reason we find people living um, shorter lives now is not because uh, God wants them to live shorter lives. I mean, when God said to Adam that the day you eat of the fruit, you will die, um, that word simply means you will begin to die. So he ate of it and then he began to die. So because the power of God and uh, um, the glory of God on, on Adam was so strong, it took Adam 900 and something years for that glory to dissipate. So um, when God said, the day you eat of it, you die, he actually meant that the day you eat of it, you begin to die. So the glory of God departed and then Adam began to die. So it took him 900 and something years for that glory to dissipate completely from him. Then that, that's the only time that physical death can set in. Without that, he would have gone to eat of the other and then now live forever in condemnation. Imagine living forever in this state. Imagine if this Nigeria now, they now said, all of you that are in Nigeria, you can't travel abroad, you can't do anything, you're going to live like this forever. That's what Paul said that if it's in this life, only that we have hope. Kai, we have all men the most miserable. So he encouraged them and said, you know what? Our light affliction is for a while. Encourage them and says things like, this body is not our real body. There's a celestial body, there's a glorious body where we will live forever. So we cannot live forever in this state. Alright? We can't live forever in this state. But the glory that will be revealed that is better than now is where we can live forever so we desire that one more than this one more than this one so god devised a plan from the beginning such that you and i can have another creation by the way i hope you know that this this earth will be done away with and a new heaven and a new earth will be created i hope you know that okay so in that one we will live forever all right in that one we will live forever glory to god first corinthians chapter one first corinthians one and verse ten This is the Passion Translation. It says, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity with one another and put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. Be restored as one united body living in perfect harmony. Form a consistent choreography among yourselves. 
having a common perspective with shared values. My dear brothers and sisters, I have a serious concern I need to bring up with you. For I have been informed by those of Chloe's household, house church, that you have been destructively arguing among yourselves. And I need to bring this up because each of you is claiming loyalty to different preachers. Some are saying, I'm, I'm a disciple of Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I am a disciple of Peter, the rock. And some, I belong only to Christ. But let me ask you, is Christ divided up into groups? Did I die on the cross for you? At your baptism, did you pledge yourselves to follow Paul? Thank God I only baptized two from Corinth. Crippus and Gaius. So now, no one can say that in my name I baptized others. Yes, I also baptized Stephanus and his family. Other than that, I don't remember baptizing anyone else. For the anointed one, verse 17, has sent me on a mission. Not to see how many I could baptize, but to proclaim the good news. And I declare this message stripped of all philosophical arguments that empty the cross of its power. For I trust in the all-sufficient cross of Christ alone. I trust in the all-sufficient cross of Christ alone. The New King James Version puts it this way. It says, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. So it tells me that there is a reason for the cross. And the cross has a power of its own. There is a reason for it. It has a power of its own. In verse 18, you see, they said, so the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the power of God. To those who are perishing, it is foolishness. But to us, it is the power of God. And that power is released within us. Within us. A lot of things um, happened on the cross. A lot of things happened on that cross. Everything from the beginning of creation was pointing to the cross. Everything from the beginning of creation was pointing to that cross. Why? Because God wanted a new creation. He wanted to create something afresh, something anew. He wanted something entirely different. And that can only come through Jesus. Romans 5.17 says, For if by the wrongdoing of one, death was ruling through the one, much more will those to whom has come the wealth of grace and the giving of righteousness be ruling in life through the one, even Jesus Christ. So death here signified inability, inability to succeed, inability to, to move forward inability to advance inability to excel all right so if one person's wrongdoing through one person's wrongdoing a lot of inability set in then through one person's righteousness through one person's um, obedience 
ruling and life through one will come through that person, Jesus Christ. So in the beginning, there was this creation and then there was this first man called Adam. And then through Adam, a lot of things set in that put us in a state that we are right now. So God said, you know what? I want to recreate. I want another creation. I want another kind of life. But I'm going to do it through another one, the Christ, and through the cross. So the cross in itself has an effect. So this is the way I like to think about it. That the cross is the new beginning of creation. So imagine what God said at the beginning. That I will make man, I will do this. And he did all those things and said, it's very good. Okay? Before man fell. Now imagine the cross after Christ has died. The Bible says that the veil of the temple was what? It was torn into two. Meaning that there is no more um, um, hindrance to get in the presence of God. Okay? So from that moment, God is saying that I have begun another creation. So I call it creation recreated. So from, I'm no longer, that's why scripture says that we are no longer after the similitude of the first Adam. We are now after the image of the last Adam, not the second, the last, because there will be no other Adam. So we're now after the image of the last one. So it means that my creation story should not start from Genesis. My creation story should start from the cross. My life should start from the cross. I should no longer refer to Adam as my forefather. Because there is, according to the cross, there is no life before it. According to the cross, your life starts after it. And if you talk about the New Testament, the New Testament is not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The New Testament is actually after the cross. Because that's when the testament becomes effective. That's when the life becomes real. After the cross, not before it. Everyone who approached Jesus and who Jesus walked with were not even saved. They were not even born again. Peter, Paul, all of them. Okay, Paul. Yeah. Um, Peter, uh, what are the other disciples? What are the names? Matthew. Um, all of them. They were not born again folks. Because there is no way they would have been born again until Jesus had died. So he called them and used them the way they were. Not until he died before he gave us access to be born again. You cannot be born again unless Jesus had died. So the life and living from that moment is the life that we know it. So the cross is the beginning of beginnings. It is the new creation. It is creation recreated. That's why he says in 2 Corinthians, he says that you are no longer the old nature has gone. The new nature has come. So you are now recreated. All things are passed away. All things have now become new. The place they became new was from the place of the cross. 
there was no it was not possible for anything to become new before the cross it was not possible it was not possible that's why Satan fought and fought and fought but the moment he went to that cross the moment he died on the cross the Bible says I mean at that point God had never turned his back but at that point took the whole scene of humanity laid it on Jesus and then turned his back and then he cried out Lama Lama Sabachthani why have you forsaken me up until that time God has never forsaken him but because of the, the Bible says that he's so holy he cannot behold iniquity that was the only time that God that iniquity came up because the whole of humanity's iniquity sin was put on Jesus and then God had to turn his back for the judgment to come on it he had to turn his back imagine that love that he couldn't even stand the judgment that you and I deserve. He turned his back for judgment to happen on Jesus. And then when that judgment happened, he was judged, condemned, everything. And then the death that you and I deserve, he died. He died that death. So he was judged and sentenced to death for the sin you and I committed. And the Bible says he went down into Hades and then Jesus began to preach. When he rose he began to fight to redeem you and I from the debt that we deserve. He began to fight for our soul from the enemy. And the Bible says he triumphed over them. And after three days, he rose victorious. And he now said, look, now I have the victory. I have the victory. I have the victory. I can give you that victory. The victory is mine, but I've given it to you. Now begin to live. He said before him we were dead but in him we are alive. That's what it means. Before him we were dead but in him we are alive. So your creation story starts from the cross. Starts from when he died. Starts from the place where he died resurrected came up with a new life and then said now begin to live again what did he say of Adam he says the first man was what a speaking spirit he said but what did he say of Jesus he says a life giver he's a life giver so God has gone beyond speaking spirit to life giver that's why he will say the words I speak to you they are spirit and they are life. 
So the resurrected you and I, when we come to know him, we are now life givers. So everywhere we go and we communicate, we communicate life. When we speak, life flows and enters. We are now life givers. Glory to God. Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. Luke 23 and 34. It says, while they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed over and over. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That was the first statement Jesus made. And this represents God's love for all of mankind. He paid the ultimate price for creation. He is our sin offering presented for the forgiveness and remission of all sins once and for all. So at that point, he acknowledges our sin and then he asks the Father for forgiveness. He asks the Father for forgiveness. Hebrews 8.12. Let's look at that quickly. So for I will demonstrate my mercy to them and will forgive their evil deeds and never remember again their sins. And never remember again their sins. This new life, this recreated life, that is born out of God's love has something there. This is what he has. Your wrong past is not enough to stop your future success. Let me say that again. Your wrong past is not enough to stop your future success. And Jesus would say, Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what they are doing. Someone can argue that they are learned people. They are, they are, their eyes were open. They knew exactly what they are doing. But Jesus said they don't know the implication of what they are doing. He said on the basis of that, forgive them. This is Jesus. Now setting a new creation for us. Setting a new path for us. Setting a new life for us. Saying to us that look, your wrong past is not enough to stop your future success. So he says, Father, forgive them. The word forgive there translates in the original Greek. It means to disregard. To let go. Not to hinder. So Jesus is saying to the Father, disregard this they have done. Do not let it hinder them. Do not take it to account. 
That's the new creation. That's the new life. Do not let this thing that they are doing hinder them. Don't take it to account in their future. And then he says, he settled it once and for all. So your wrong past is not powerful enough to stop you from succeeding. So you settle it in your heart once and for all. Why? Because Jesus already settled it once and for all on the cross. While he was dying. He says, Father, forgive them. Where we read earlier, he said, do you want to make the cross of Christ of no effect? I'm letting you know that the cross has an effect. It has a power. One of the power is that you are forgiven and that you are loved. If you know that in depth in your heart, there is nothing about your past that you will hold so strong will stop your future from forming. So Jesus is creating a new creation here. And he's saying the first thing they need to know is that they are loved and they are forgiven. And don't let it hinder them. Don't let it stop them. Don't let it hold them back. Don't let it count in their future. And then you, on, with that understanding, you step out knowing that there is success ahead of you. You step out knowing that you are loved. That's one of the first things. A lot of times people don't do certain things they ought to do because somehow they feel either they are not loved by people or they can't even love themselves. So it stops them from doing the things that they should do. It stops them from reaching out the way they should. Their visions and dreams and goals. Say, nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. Many a times, the way you feel about yourself is predicated on how much of love you have for yourself. You'll be amazed when you talk with people. Even people who are older. They can't even find the love for themselves. They act the way they act. Not because somebody did anything to them, but that love for themselves is not there. And you tell somebody, oh, you're looking good and beautiful. Say, please stop flattering me. But you actually look good and beautiful. Say, no, Joe. You don't believe it about yourself. You don't. Someone says, oh, that thing you said is, is actually very nice. That's a wise statement. Eh, me. Eh. Yeah, are you sure? You don't just believe anything about yourself. Say, God, ah, man, you took worship today. It was powerful. Say, eh, ah, I was scared though. I thought, why? Why? You just feel that nothing good can come out of you. Nothing good. The pastor tells you, come and lead prayer. That day you just fall sick. You just believe you cannot. Nothing good about yourself. It's the old nature. It has died on the cross. Tap your neighbor. Say that nature. That nature. Tap him very well. That nature has died on the cross. Say there is a new you. Say you are loved. You are forgiven. Rise up. Come on. You are loved and forgiven. 
Say forgive them. They don't know. They don't know. I'm telling you how somebody's son found you. That's how he found you. Loved and forgiven. Completely and totally. Free to lift your hands. Free to dance and sing. Say, ah, his head is too big. It's big enough for his destiny. Do you know if that head is for putting in the goal? You don't know. Say he talks too much. He talk, he's talkative enough for his destiny. If they pay you what they are paying basket mouth, you will just be talking every day. When they say stop, he say, no, I can't stop. It's my destiny. Say, ah, that guy is just too playful. If you are as playful as AY, you would, you would say, no, let me be playing. It's my destiny. You know what AY is making? Helen Paul will put a post online. She'll say, I'm playful. But she's making money playfully. Playfully. And then you'll be complaining about your destiny. Why is my mouth too big? Why is my leg too short? Why is my... I mean, everything about you. Something may have happened that have, they may have turned you in a direction. But it doesn't change the fact. It doesn't change the fact. I told you guys the other day, I was given a training. I'm talking about a lady who has a wide mouth. With that wide mouth, she's making 11,000 pounds per video. And I looked at my mouth and said, It's not even making 2,000 pounds. And all she does is she puts the thing in her mouth, she puts food in her mouth like this, and put different food, plenty, pack them in, put the video, and say, Like, 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 comment, 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 comment. 11,000 pounds. So you that have been complaining that I don't like the shape of my face, go and think how you can use that shape to make 11,000 pounds. Then you come and give me an honorarium. <laughs> Glory to God. Someone say I'm loved. Yeah, that's it. You're loved. Luke 23 and 43. And Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto thee, Verily I say unto you today, shall thou be with me in paradise. Do you know what Jesus did here? He affirmed our eternal salvation. He affirmed it. I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. He said, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. I'm saying to you that look, I have died on the cross for you. And that has affirmed your eternal salvation. So when you begin to say, we don't know who's going to go to heaven. No. All of us, we don't even know. We're just all trying whether we'll make it. And if we don't make it, well, we have tried. Is that the kind of salvation he died for? No. He said, what the, he, said, he said, I tell you these things, brothers. He said that you may know that you have eternal life. He wants you to know it, that you have it. Not that he's going to give it to you. That you have it because he died and he redeemed you. 
and you have received it. So I, I'm telling you these things that you may know that you have eternal life. And you may be confident in it. Pastor, but I've done some things. Let me tell you, the day Jesus will come, that morning you will still do some things that he will not like. Say, hey, so will he take me because I did those things? Okay, question. Why did he not come the day you were doing good things? Why did he choose the day you did that thing to come? Wouldn't you say he's a bad God? Say, God, oh, this is last week. I didn't do anything wrong. Eh? You now came today. Today I just took two naira meat. Just, just small meat. It's today you now chose to come. If you were God and you are watching everybody. No, let's, let's dramatize it now. This I am God here. No, Daniel, I come. I'm God. Stand here. Be watching all your children. Yes. You are choosing a day to come. On this particular day, everybody here, all of you be praying, be praying, be praying. This particular day, they are praying, they are praying, they are praying. You know, say, will you come today? And all of you here, just be doing anyhow, be doing anyhow, be doing anyhow. Say, ah. And it's the same day. Now say, okay. Let me not come today. Why? Because these people are praying. Okay. You now choose another week. Come, come, come. You are now God. Now come to Nigeria. See, all of them, they are rioting. All of you rioting, rioting. We know go agree. Yeah, we know go agree. We know they are rioting. I say, ah, should you come this day? Then you now wait 30 minutes. Then all of them now repent. They start praying, start praying, start praying, start praying. Then this would they started their riot. Start your riot, start your riot. Then you now choose to come this day. It will be what? Why? So, if you keep waiting, you won't come, oh. You better decide. You won't come if you keep waiting. Right? So, you now say, okay, let me not come. It will be unfair to them. You now come to them again. You send Pastor Kola. Pastor Kola, come. You send him. Nenevi, go and preach to them. Tell them to repent. Tell them to repent from their riot. Preach to them, preach to them, preach to them. Yes, yes, repent, repent, repent. Then they now repented. Then they are now praying. Now, the person that God now sent to these people on his way stopped and was browsing Facebook and forgot that God sent it to this person. Then they now changed from their praying. They started rioting again. Please, when will God come? So he did one thing. He knows that if he, thank you very much. He did one thing. He knows that if he keeps on doing this, who will be saved? How will they have a fair judgment? He won't have a fair judgment. So he said, his son, he said, you know what? I'm going to do one thing for everybody. That's why he said there is neither male nor female. There is neither Greek nor Jew, bond or free. In Christ Jesus, we're one. So he said, I will give you one life for all this life. Sent Jesus. So Jesus assured him, he said, I say to you today that you will be with me in paradise. Excuse me, what did the guy do? He only said something. Remember me in your kingdom. And what the scripture say? He said, as many as believe, they have eternal life already. As many as believe, they have it. So he said, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. So the criteria is that what? You believe. That's the criteria. You believe. 
So when you believe, go and riot, but you believe. But you believe. The situations may not be perfect, but you believe. What did he say to Peter? Look at the love of Jesus. He said, Satan has tried to have you. He has decided that he's going to have you. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. He has decided to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And then after he died on the cross, he went back to those who are, who are, not, who are not saved, who didn't know him before the law. And then he witnessed to all of them. To get them on his side. So right there. He affirmed our eternal salvation. Say he that believes on him. Shall have eternal life. And not be condemned. The moment we receive Jesus. As our Lord and Savior. Our eternal salvation. Is guaranteed. That's why the Bible says. There is great rejoicing. In heaven. When a sinner is saved, there's great rejoicing. There's great rejoicing. So you have a guaranteed secure future. You have a guaranteed secure future. God has got your back. Glory to God. So Jesus is dead on the cross has guaranteed us a future so great and so bright. If you know, I mean, you have you are standing on a 50 story building and you have a parachute on your back and you want to jump. You know you are confident. Right? That's the way it is. That's the way it is. So I'm asking you, what are the things that you will dare to do knowing you have a parachute on your back? It's because you don't know. That's why you can't dare some things. It's because you don't. But he said, these things I have told you, little children, that you may know that you have eternal life. That you may know that he's got your back. So you take bold steps. Bold steps. That's the second one. The third one. I'll stop on the third one today. We'll continue the other Sundays. John chapter 19. And verse 26. The Bible says, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. So this statement has two, two phrases. When Jesus therefore saw the mother, that's the first phrase. And the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto, them, unto his mother, Woman, behold your son. At that point, Jesus affirms our new birth. You know, when a child is born, what do they do? They say, Mother, this is your child. So Jesus at that point is saying, woman, behold your son. It's symbolic. Telling us that there's a new creation. A new life has been born. Something new has formed. So he affirms our new birth. 
in the in the Hebrew, I, I read something that it's it's unusual for his son to address his mother with this term. The custom in both Hebrew and that's the Aramaic and Greek will be for his son to use a qualifying adjective or title. So at this point, Jesus is in the third party. So when a child is born, he or she is presented to the mother. But know that Jesus did not say, Mother, behold thy son. Rather, he said, Woman, behold the son. Woman in biblical understanding signifies what? Wife, bride. And son signifies humanity. From the Greek word, hues. So Jesus is saying that look, humanity has been born anew. Humanity has come alive again. Something new has happened right on the cross. And then the second part, he says to the disciples, Behold thy mother. So what he did is that he completed the introduction. So humanity is saying, Embrace the new birth. That's what he's saying to humanity. Embrace the new birth. Embrace the new birth. Embrace this new thing that has happened. Embrace this new creation. Embrace this new life. And when something is brand new, it is brand new. And Jesus is saying, you have a brand new life. See, that's what I have for you. You have a brand new life. No longer is the past. You have a brand new life. Who you are and who you should be have never met. So sometimes we've been operating on who we were. Who we were. Who we were. Who we were. Forgetting who we are now. The new us. So who you are and who you should be they've never met. Let me, let me explain. You see yourself the way you see yourself. All you know about yourself is what you already know. But who he wants you to be you don't know. You only see through his eyes. He says, we are beholding him as in a glass. In a mirror. And we keep beholding him. He says, we are transformed into his image. Not the ones we know ourselves to be, but we are transformed to his image. So that image becomes our real self. So who you are and who you should be, they've never met. So don't say that, ah, this is all there is to me. No. The more you behold him, you, the more you begin to see things about yourself that you do not know was there before. Abilities you don't know exist. Capacity you do not know was there. Why? Because it's a brand new life. All things are gone. The new has come. And when your new normal shows up, it takes a while to adjust. So when you have taken bold steps towards your dreams, there's always a sense of uncertainty because it seems new and strange. But fear not. The new you is better. Why? He has seen it. 
He has seen it. He has a brand new future. So embrace positive change. You'll end up in a better future. No matter the price to pay. You'll end up in a better future. That's his plan. That's the, that's the reason he went to the cross. To give you a new future. To recreate something. Not to refurbish it. No. No. He didn't refurbish the life. It's a new one. You've not seen it before. It's brand new. You are the one that is taking the nylon away. It's brand new. Open it for the first time. It's brand new. It's not refurbished. It's a brand new life. Glory to God. Someone say it's a brand new life. Come on, say it out loud. It's a brand new life. Stand to your feet and say, it's a brand new life. Touch two, three people. Say, it's a brand new life I have. Glory to God. It's a brand new life. It's a brand new life. It's a brand new life. I will not compromise the cross. I will not compromise. That's my starting point. That's my new creation reality. That's the reality that I have in Christ Jesus. No longer after Adam, but in Christ Jesus. That's my new reality. That's the new me. That's where I'm forming. Glory to God. Lift your hands to heaven. Say, I have a brand new life. I've been found. I'm loved. And I'm forgiven. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands to heaven and just bless him for a minute. Thank you, Father, that I have a brand new life. Thank you, Father, that all things are made brand new. Go ahead, talk to him. I have a brand new life. All things are made brand new. All things are made brand new. All things are made brand new. Glory to God. I have a brand new life in you. I'm loved. I'm forgiven. I'm loved. I'm forgiven. The cross brings everyone together. There is neither male nor female, bond nor free, Hebrew or Greek. The cross brings everyone together. I have a brand new life in Christ Jesus. All things are made brand new. All things are made brand new. Glory to God. All things are made brand new. Oh, Shatana Mahaya Bahaya. Says we've all become true children of God by faith in Jesus. The anointed one. Oh, he said we no longer see each other in our former state. Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female. Because we've all won through our union with Christ Jesus. With no distinction between us. Glory to God. It's a brand new life. Creation has been recreated. Creation has been recreated. Thank you Jesus. It's a brand new life that I have. I'm loved. I'm forgiven. I've been found by you. And I'm assured of eternal life. I'm assured of eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Father. Blessed be your name, Father. Blessed be your name, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands to heaven. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.